Today's episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by Audible. Get a free trial offer with a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash lutherancartographer. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 15. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. Today we are joined by Aaron Nielsen. He works for the Indiana District of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. He's a member of Bethany Lutheran Church and is the founder and CEO of Lutheran B&B, a place to get lodging for Lutherans. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Good to have you. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to be in Fort Wayne. Absolutely. Well, I was actually born in this most holy of cities and baptized at Concordia Lutheran Church here in Fort Wayne. And I lived here until I was 12. And then we moved to the other holy city, St. Louis, uh, where I lived until I went off to college. And then after college, I came back there and lived there until about a month and a half ago when we moved back here to Fort Wayne, my wife and I and our four boys, and we just found out that we have a fifth on the way, so we're super excited about that. Wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. So I think most of our listeners will get the joke, but for those that won't, uh, give a little context to the Holy City. Why why do you call uh, Fort Wayne and St. Louis the Holy Cities? Absolutely. Well, it's most basically that we have two LCMS seminaries in our, in our synod. Uh, one is here in Fort Wayne, it's Concordia Theological Seminary, and then the other one is Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. And so we sort of joke about those being the two holy cities. Um, St. Louis is also the headquarters for the LCMS, and so you know, President Harrison is there, and the Council of Presidents meets there, and all of the international missions go out of that building there. And I and I did previously work there for five years, so I'm coming, coming from there uh, back here to Indiana, so... I see. Excellent. To help our listeners understand sort of the comparisons and the contrasting things between St. Louis and Fort Wayne, how would you compare the two in terms of the good and the bad? Both of them have have kind of a similar feel. The cities it's, itself, Fort Wayne and St. Louis, I think are actually relatively close in size to each other uh, population-wise. But St. Louis has this very wide metro area that Fort Wayne just doesn't have. St. Louis is probably about three to four million if you count the whole metro area, even going into Illinois. Whereas Fort Wayne, you know, you have maybe a half a million tops if you really spread it out to the whole metro area. So you get sort of the big town feel here in Fort Wayne, just like you do in St. Louis, but you have far fewer people. And so personally, I kind of like that. But culturally, the cities are actually pretty similar. Both of them have a deep, both Lutheran and Catholic heritage uh, that goes back, you know, 150, 200 years, which which makes it really interesting. Both of them kind of very heavily German. And I was just looking at some statistics. When I was doing church shopping here to pick a new church home for my family when we moved, within a 25-mile radius of downtown, there were 52 Lutheran church, LCMS churches to choose from. So that was pretty daunting. And St. Louis is fairly similar in that way. And I don't have the numbers off the top of my head because I haven't done any church shopping recently there. But um, church is on just about every corner. And that, you know, I think I grew up driving past five of them to get to the one that we actually went to. So uh, both of them have kind of that similar you know, deep Lutheran heritage there. 
Okay. So tell us a little bit more about where we are in terms of geography with Fort Wayne. We're in Indiana. Where exactly in the state are we? And tell us a little bit about the, the area. You, you're a long walk from the Ohio border, uh, and you're about an hour from the Michigan border. So if that kind of puts you, uh, puts a little bit of perspective on there, we're way up in the northeast corner of Indiana. And uh, so not near the Great Lakes, really. Uh, farmland, we're surrounded. We have a lot of Amish in this area. Uh, so you, you get kind of that that Ohio, Midwest, uh, German culture. And this is where... Uh, some of the big name Lutherans like uh, Friedrich Wittekin was a pastor here. He founded St. Paul Lutheran Church and then a bunch of daughter churches in the area, which is part of why you have so many churches and other other folks here, which is why there are so many Lutherans here. And uh, they come from a similar part of Germany, from what I understand, as the Saxons that settled in Missouri. And that's why they got along so well and formed the Synod up in Chicago. I see. That makes sense. Now we've talked about the surrounding area. Let's talk about Fort Wayne in particular. What do you like best about it? What are the good things about it? One thing that has been really fascinating to me, and I don't remember this when I was growing up here, there are an awful lot of really good quality restaurants that have been popping up lately. Uh, when I was a kid, there was you know there was this the Don Halls family. They had a chain of restaurants, and that was pretty much it as far as like fine dining went and you know they're your standard kind of mid-century type places but since moving back it's been really interesting to see sort of a renaissance as far as uh, craft brewing has really uh, blown up here you have several really great breweries you've got hop river you've got summit brewing you've got junk ditch is like my favorite and it sounds like this terrible place but you go in there and it's you know i i went there for the first time about a month ago with a friend from redeemer lutheran church and um I ordered mussels and I came back and I was telling my wife, oh man, I got these mussels at Junk Ditch. And she was like, I'm just, that sounds like something you're way more excited about than you should be. <laughs> but they were, they were really good. So, so just some fantastic uh, local breweries, some fantastic restaurants really popping up lately. And the nice thing about it is you're not paying big town prices for it. I mean, you get kind of small town prices. So like for, you know, 20 bucks you can get like a really good quality meal at some of these places where you know elsewhere you'd spend 50 bucks or something like that so um, that's something that's really cool another thing that's great is there is a ton of history here in fort wayne this going back all the way to the revolutionary war one of our one of the big local heroes here is uh, general uh, general anthony wayne is his name and they call him mad anthony and there's a brewery named after him mad anthony's brewery is another good one and he was pretty integral in the Revolutionary War, especially in this kind of, at the time, frontier area. And they actually have, I don't, I don't know what the history of this particular setup is, but they have like a fort set up that looks like it may have done back then. And you can actually go and they have weekends where they have actors come. And I haven't taken the kids yet to that, but I remember going there as a kid and, and enjoying that. There's um, The zoo is pretty good. Uh, there's this really awesome science museum for kids called Science Central. That's really fun. So there's just there's a lot of really neat things in the area that you can go and do. Um, and, you know, it's got a lot to offer for a smaller town. That's really good. So we talked about some of the good things about Fort Wayne. What are some of the not so good things about it? 
We are in probably the worst time of year. It's from about October to March, the sun just sort of disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're probably somewhat familiar with that up in the Northwest there. Uh, it's just gray. It's, it's gray. And it doesn't necessarily rain, but it's just cold and gray for most of the winter. In fact, it, it, I've talked to some people who really deal with like the seasonal depression and they just, they can't handle it. And they'll have, you know, I, I know one family goes to Florida for like two weeks every year just because they need some sun. They're just going crazy about it. That's probably the worst. Um, another thing that's that's a little bit weird about Fort Wayne is that, like, I, I think we're so used to our culture and just the way that the way that things are that we have a hard time talking about other cultures in in a way that understands that other cultures exist. Okay, so. We talked about the good and the bad. Let's talk about, you have a family. What's it like raising a family there in Fort Wayne? One thing that's really great, we homeschool, which is, uh, which is lots, lots of fun. Our oldest is only six, so we're, still, we're just sort of starting to dip our toe into like homeschooling proper. Uh-huh. But as far as resources go, there are, there are a ton of resources here. Uh, not only are there uh, large active homeschool communities, but even activities like at the seminary here in Fort Wayne, which we're about 10 minutes from, uh, they have, you know, like on Wednesdays, they have like a children's Bible story thing that you can take, take your kids to. And, um, Redeemer Lutheran church has a classical school, which is really great. And I think they let you take like one class if you want to send your kid to get some extra work on reading or something like that. Or, um, but at the very least they have matins every morning with the school kids and you can take your kids to join that, which is really cool. But if you don't homeschool, uh, just the schooling options in Indiana is a really great thing. We do currently have the, the choice dollars program where you can take your money that would be going to the public school and you can take that to a parochial school. And quite a few of the Lutheran schools in the Fort Wayne area participate in that and accept those choice dollars. And that does give an opportunity for parents that maybe couldn't afford to send their kids to one of those parochial schools to get them that Lutheran education. And that that's a real gift that I'm learning a lot about in my role with the district. Um, that isn't available to a whole lot of people. So there's a lot of support uh, for education for your kids. Um, But then one of the great things about Fort Wayne just with kids is I was already talking about the cool museums and stuff you can take them to. Uh, It's a relatively small city geographically. uh, So it's not hard to get your kids around to places. You know, you you can get from one side of the city to the other, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes tops. And, you know, that just makes it really easy to do stuff with your kids. It's kind of kind of wide open as well. Uh, just there's it's it's been pretty great so far. Nice. OK, so let's go back a bit. And I want to digress on something you said earlier. You mentioned you're looking into homeschooling. You're starting to dip your toe into that and getting into that. What are the state laws like in Indiana in terms of favorability or not favorability in in relation to homeschooling? I think they've, from what I can tell, they're pretty favorable. Uh, You know, so we've been here for a a month and a half or so now, which is, you know, certainly long enough for the local school district to be like, hey, there are new children and I see that they're being home. So, and we haven't had anybody come and knock on our doors or anything like that. And uh, so that's been pretty good. From what I can understand, uh, Indiana is a fairly easy state. And I was trying to look here on like the HSLDA website just to sort of look at that yeah for our listeners that 
aren't aware of HSLDA, it's the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. If you're interested in homeschooling, definitely worth checking out. It looks like we have a compulsory age of seven. So none of my kids are seven yet. So maybe next year we, but otherwise it seems like um, they just want you to keep attendance records. Uh, they want you to teach for, you know, a minimum number of days. I think it's like 190 or something like that. And then um, provide equivalent instruction in the English language. And then that, that seems to be about the the only thing and then you know it's another one of those states the midwest is in general pretty good about this except with the exception of illinois where you normally don't have to have records unless they ask for it let's talk a little bit more about lutheranism in fort wayne we've alluded to it we've talked indirectly about it a couple times you've already mentioned the lutheran and catholic presence there what is it like being a lutheran in fort wayne one thing that's really fun about Fort Wayne is that you run into Lutherans everywhere, and and perhaps it's because of our proximity to the seminary, so we end up, you know, running into the seminarians when we're at the grocery store and that sort of a thing. But my wife uh, runs some uh, kind of Lutheran-targeted Facebook groups or whatever, and she's gone to grocery stores or Walmart or something like that, and someone who she doesn't know except through these Facebook groups would be like, oh my gosh, you're Kezia, I know you. And she's like where from and they're like oh this group oh okay really cool you know and and so you just you know you can hardly throw a rock without meeting a lutheran which personally as someone who's been a lutheran my entire life and you know most of my family going back you know like five generations has been lutheran i find that really really cool uh other people you know maybe maybe they want a little bit more uh diversity there but i find it very comforting uh to know that there are people that think like me pretty much everywhere you go when I talked to Pastor Golden of Village Lutheran Church in Ladue, Missouri, he mentioned that one of the kind of pitfalls about being in St. Louis is just the proximity to the uh, synod politics, and that if one isn't careful, it's easy to get drawn into that rather than focusing on your local church and being Christ to your neighbor. Uh, is that at all a struggle in Fort Wayne, or is that kind of just a St. Louis thing, do you think? I, I think it's bigger in St. Louis because, like you said, the proximity to uh, to the Senate office uh, and also the seminary. When I have noticed that coming to Fort Wayne, there, there does seem to be less of that, although I work for the district, so I'm going to be involved in that still uh, to a large extent anyway. But when you have when you have schools, you have schools on both sides of the divide, and so you know, in my work with them, I, I work with with both, and and we all get along pretty pretty fine, and we're all working on the district and in the same direction of sharing the gospel and upholding the confessions, and and it helps that uh, the district president and that uh, the executives for the district are all you know pretty much of one mind on that. So, yeah. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor. If you're listening to this podcast on the go, you already know the power of having audio in your ears. And Audible wants to put the books that you want to listen to there as well with their free 30-day trial offer that comes with a free audiobook. If you're not sure what book you should check out, this month I'm recommending that you check out Luther's Bondage to the Will. It's one of his great treatises and the one that he looked back on and said was one of the most important. So you can check that out at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. Let's get back to our guest. 
Okay, so let's transition to one of my favorite parts of the podcast, and that's talking about the cool things to see and do in Fort Wayne. If somebody's visiting, what restaurants or activities would you recommend? Ah, oh, you got to check this out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of it will depend on uh, what age group your group is. So if you're if you're coming as adults, um, one of the things I would super highly recommend. We've already mentioned there's some great uh, local brew pubs. Matt Anthony's is probably the oldest, but then there's Junk Ditch, there's Summit Brewing, there's Hop River Brewing. Uh, All of them are fantastic. Definitely check out their websites to see what sort of local deals are. I think Summit has like, uh, it was like a $15 pitcher or something like that, which is like four pints or something like that, which is, I mean, it was a fantastic price for, for all of that on Tuesdays or something. Uh, so if you're going with a group like that, uh, definitely check out those sorts of, uh, those sorts of places. Um, another thing that I think is really, really neat, uh, and maybe this was available in St. Louis, but I, I don't really remember it. There is almost an opportunity to go to divine service every night of the week like i'm talking seven days and it's really really neat um there's a ton of churches that do it sunday nights there's a ton that do it or there's a handful that do it monday wednesday is a pretty common one uh redeemer does theirs on thursday um the seminary does it wednesday mornings or whatever so like i took my wife and i went out on a date last week and we went to redeemer for divine service and then we went and got burgers at this uh, another place that's great uh, called Bravas Burgers, uh, which is kind of downtown, and it's a um, kind of a hole in the wall. It's not real fancy, but the burgers and the sides are really good and not terribly expensive. Um, and that was a really, really neat thing. And actually, we were all dressed up for church, and we came into this place that's not all not all fancy. And the guy was like, "Why are you all dressed up?" And we were like, "Oh, we were just at church." And he was like, "On a Thursday? Do you guys know something I don't do? Is the world ending?" And we were like, "Yes, actually, it is. I don't know when, but any time now." And you know, it opened up an opportunity to share the gospel with him, which was kind of neat. Um, but you know, so you know, do consider uh, going to one of those things. Uh, you know, a divine service. You know, in the middle of the week, uh, it's just kind of a neat opportunity, especially to, if you want to visit another church in the area. Like I mentioned earlier, I think there's like 52 within a 25 mile radius of downtown. So, yeah, that that blows my mind. 52 within such a short distance. So, which congregation are you a member of? We um, just finished our church shopping. Uh, there was <laughs> there was quite a bit to do, and we settled on Bethany Lutheran Church, which uh, I've gone across district lines there. It's actually an English district congregation, and um, it's just wonderful. And a lot of people, if you're familiar at all with Fort Wayne, you may recognize Redeemer and uh, Reverend Peterson and Reverend Freeze, and um, they do a lot with Godestines, uh, <laughs> which is the Journal of Lutheran Liturgy. Um, Redeemer is amazing, and I love the people there. And you know, I went there last Thursday for divine uh, midweek divine service, and they're just absolutely wonderful. And they do a ton of, they have a lot of you know great community events. Like they have a darts league that meets fairly frequently, uh, men's club, that sort of a thing. One of the things that they're known for is high church liturgy. I mean, they do all the smells and the bells. Bethany does that too. And that was part of the reason that we really like that. And um, Pastor Troughton, who is the the pastor there, he's been there for 18 years, really acts like he knows the word that he's handling and he knows how important it is. And he uses the liturgy like a, a cradle for the gospel that he's preaching. 
and just you know you can I, I can watch him conduct the divine service and just every week there's something new for me to point out to my kids like, oh, look at that. Look how he's holding his hands right there. Or, you know, he washes his hands uh, and prays, I think, Psalm 26 to himself before doing, you know, the, the communion liturgy. Uh, just just every little piece that he does, he's, he's paying attention to what it's conveying, what he's preparing himself for. And it's just, it's really neat. They, they do this with such reverence. But unlike Redeemer, where there's, you know, 800 people and uh, everything moves very quickly there. And so if you're, you're not real familiar with the Lutheran liturgy, it, it could be kind of overwhelming. It was even overwhelming for me, and I've been here my whole life. Um, Bethany was slower, a smaller group. They have about 100 people and uh, still a beautiful but less ornate sanctuary. And they're working on that where um, sometime this Lent – uh, we're receiving this beautiful set of tapestries that depict the stations of the cross, and he's going to go through and kind of talk about each one. And um, and so we're it's just a, it's a really neat little church, and we're waiting on the transfer letters from our home congregation in St. Louis to come our way to officially join them as uh, members. But uh, but that's the one we've settled on. And if if you are ever in Fort Wayne, I highly recommend coming. It's just a just a fantastic little congregation. So, Fantastic. Yeah, we'll definitely link to Bethany's webpage on the show notes for this episode, which will be lutherancartographer.com slash 15. So astute listeners will already have noticed that I have mentioned you are the founder and CEO of Lutheran B&B. What is that and how did it get started? Well, like you, I love Lutherans, and I love getting to know Lutherans from different areas. About four years ago now, my wife and at the time I think we only had two kids with one on the way, we were going on a vacation in Wisconsin, and we were specifically going to Wisconsin because the Synod Convention was there, and my wife's father is a missionary in the Philippines, and he was in the country but for work. So we were like, we're going to Wisconsin. We're going to spend at least one day in Milwaukee where the convention is so we can see him. And then we're getting out of there because I did not want to be near work on my vacation. So from there, from there, we just went on this journey. We, um, we stayed at a, an Airbnb, um, in Mequon, which is where Concordia university, Wisconsin is. And we didn't know this at the time, but the woman that owned it was a Lutheran. Her, she was an ELCA Lutheran, and well, she was a hoot. Uh, she was just fantastic, but um, quirky. I'll just I'll just call her that. But we had a we had a really great time talking with her, and every night we stayed there for I think three nights while we were there in the Milwaukee area, and we would just sit in her living room and just talk with her, and you know there was a lot of this. Oh, do you know this person? Do you know that person? You know. Uh, and that was just so much fun. And that really stuck with us for the rest of our trip. We stayed at a place south of like Door County, Wisconsin, which is that little pinky off of Wisconsin there. Um, and we did the drive there. We went up to Green Bay. We came across my grandma's from a small town in Wisconsin called Granton, um, which is actually where Richard Hillert grew up. Richard Hillert is best known for his uh, composition of This is the Feast uh, from Divine Service, I think, two. This is the feast. My grandma and him were like best buds. She called him Richie. Um, so he is there, and um, 
or he was there. Uh, and so we went to go see her town and her farmhouse where she grew up and that sort of a thing. And then we came back and, uh, and then we went over to Minnesota and then we came down to Iowa. So, you know, we stayed at like seven different places, but that first one stuck with us for the rest of the trip. And I was talking to my mother-in-law afterwards and I said, that was just, that was really fun to have something in common. And, and my mother-in-law, I will give her the full credit for this. She said, someone ought to start Lutheran B&B. And Kez was like, that, that's my wife. Kezia was like, Aaron, this is our thing. We're going to do this. We're going to start Lutheran B&B. And I was like, yes. Okay. So I, I went and I bought the, the URL for like a dollar and um, I started a Facebook group and just messaged everybody I had. And by the end of the first day, we had 300 people. Uh, you know, that had posted like, hey, here's a picture of my house. I'd love to have you here. We're in, you know, we're in Green Bay, Wisconsin. We're in, you know, we're in uh, Davenport, Iowa. We're in, and it was really neat to see that grow. And then later that week, um, a good friend of mine, he was in my wedding. I was in his wedding, Nathan Michael. Uh, he came to me and he said, hey, I think this is a fantastic idea. I've got some money that I've been wanting to sort of invest in a startup like this. Can I help? You know, and I said, absolutely. So we have a 50-50 partnership on this, and we've been working on it together for the last couple of years. And um, it's a little bit harder now that I've moved to Fort Wayne. We used to be members at the same church in St. Louis, and now we're, you know, eight hours apart. But, you know, we're, we're making it work and, and growing it that way. But to this day, uh, we have about 1,500 members on the site, about 150 of those have posted their house in some capacity. A lot of them are free. Um, some of them are, hey, we would like you to give a donation to our church or this charity or this specific missionary. Some of them are full-fledged like vacation rentals. We've got one on Hilton Head Island for like 100 bucks a night. There's a full house you can rent in um, the Dominican Republic, like right off the beach. Uh, we've got... Uh, Someone, I think, posted their house in Finland. We've got one in Ireland. We've got some South Korea. Uh, it just It's amazing to see where all the Lutherans around the world are, and it's been a fantastic opportunity for me to meet them, even though I haven't got to go visit all of them yet. But uh, I had gone about three and a half years without needing to use a hotel because of Lutheran B&B, and wow. I, would just stay, I would just stay with Lutherans. And, and, and also... And we're not just talking like, you know, one night here in the Midwest or something like that, which there's plenty of that. But I took a 4,000-mile road trip with my family. So at the time we had uh, – I think we had three kids with one on the way or maybe we had maybe we had four at that point out to Idaho, uh, Twin Falls area. And we went uh, – we went and we stayed the first night like in Seward, Nebraska, which is where Concordia, Nebraska is. And I couldn't uh, I couldn't recommend that place enough. I think right now there's only one in Seward, but they're wonderful and hopefully we'll get some more. Then from there, we stayed with a pastor's family in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Then we stayed with an ELS pastor's family in Salt Lake City. And let me tell you, you should talk to him. Um, well, we can talk afterwards, but the culture in Salt Lake City, especially for someone who's not Mormon, is just amazing. And that was mind-blowing to talk about. And then we went from Salt Lake City to um, to Twin Falls. And, and this was really interesting. I hadn't yet found someone. We needed a place to stay in North Dakota, which, you know, there's Lutherans all over the place in North Dakota. I think they're like 15% of the population at least. But I hadn't yet found someone to stay with uh, in North Dakota. Well, it turned out that a family friend of my wife's 
uncle was sitting and having dinner with us one night, and she happened to be the former district president for the Pacific Northwest region of the Lutheran Women's Missionary League. And she was real good friends with the former district president of the North Dakota district of the Lutheran Women's Missionary League, and so she got me in touch with her. Well, the that woman didn't live in the city that we needed to be in. But she knew the current district president of the North Dakota District of the Lutheran Women's Missionary League, who did live in the exact place we needed, and she called her, found her place, now she's listed on the website, and we were able to stay with them, and it was just great. They gave us the whole basement, we had a private bathroom, nice little sitting area, and two bedrooms for all of our family. That was really cool, and so that completed our trip. We went from there to Bemidji, Minnesota, and then we came down and stayed one last place, I think, in Iowa. And then we made it back home. So 5,000 miles, and we were able to do it all without hotels. And actually, all of the places that we stayed ended up not charging us. And then they fed us dinner and breakfast. And so it ended up being almost cheaper to be on the road traveling than it was at home and feeding five people. Wow. That is really cool. So basically, the elevator pitch is this is Airbnb, a place, a way to get lodging with people that share your values and you can have great conversations with while you're on the road. Is that a pretty good summary? Yeah, yeah, we we basically said, uh, you know, it's lodging for Lutherans. Okay. Excellent. So yeah, I definitely want to encourage listeners to check out lutheranbnb.com. You can go ahead and go there, register for an account, and you can see all the listings there. And also, if you're interested in hosting people, you have, Aaron, you have ways for people to sign up and offer their their homes or their guest rooms as well, right? Absolutely. And it's um, you don't feel like you have to have like even a spare guest room or like a you know vacation rental or whatever. We have people that literally just say we have place for you to put a sleeping bag, and they're on the site and people visit them. So uh, you know it it can be all the way down at that level, all the way up to like the vacation level. Uh, you know, home rental, uh, you know, we basically just want to connect Lutherans and provide opportunities for people, um, you know, especially for like, uh, you know, the missionaries traveling, they've got a limited travel budget. And sometimes all they need is just a place to sleep on a couch. Okay, fantastic. And of course, you don't need to uh, pay to register. But if this is something that you're interested in supporting, uh, Aaron, you, people can also donate to help help out the cause, right? Yes, uh, we're actually, um, that's something we're pushing right now. We're, um, we haven't, uh, we had for a while, we had tested a, you know, a hosting fee. So, you know, when you would get a host, uh, a guest, uh, we would get a little bit of a cutback from that. And that ended up, it, it didn't, the software didn't work great. And we just felt that it wasn't a good way to serve our hosts that were doing so much for us. Uh, so for the last three or so years, we've really been doing just this pro bono and any support that you guys can, can help in that regard uh, is fantastic. There's a giving page on the website and, uh, you know, help us connect some more Lutherans around the world. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I'll definitely pitch in a donation and encourage listeners to do the same. Thank you. All right, so we've talked about Lutheran BNB. Anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners about before we close out the podcast? Uh, blessed Lent and Tide to all of you. And um, if you want any 
um, assistance with your your daily piety. Uh, one of the businesses that I was working on, and I'm I'm sad to say we're closing up shop, but we're we're still kind of clearing out inventory. As I was, um, I have uh, Luth Crate, which was a Lutheran subscription box, and one of the big things that we did was we had these nice half page size. Um, saints cards, which a nice picture of the saint, and then a little story and description of them, and then a nice little prayer. And so if you'd like a, a full set of the year for those, I have a, a PDF um, that I can send you for $15, or I have a cardstock version that I'd be happy to send for $25. And you can go to the Facebook page, Luth Crate, on, on Facebook for information about how to order those. So, Okay, excellent. We will link to that on the show notes page. Again, that'll be lutherancartographer.com slash 15. Aaron, thanks so much for your time today. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. God's peace. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today with Aaron, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 15. I want to let you know we have a bonus episode in addition to your regular Tuesday show coming out pretty soon here. We're going to have Aaron back on the show to tell us a little bit more about Lutheran BNB and why you might consider being a guest and a host on his platform. So go ahead and make sure that you don't miss that episode by subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher. If you're listening to this episode at its release, you'll be hearing that bonus episode this coming Friday. If you're enjoying the show, take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. That way more people get to hear the show. And if you'd like to check out that Audible trial offer, that's at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.